0: This is Sportsnet today with Logan Gordon and Julian McKenzie on Sportsnet 960
1: The Fan. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, obviously it's disappointing, and uh, you know, you get to sulk, uh, sulk, about it overnight. But you know, you got to turn the page when you come back to the rink the next day. That's just kind of how it goes. And you know, we got an opportunity. We, we, uh, you know, we got to get one back, and that's our plan. Once again, the Calgary Flames let an opponent near the bottom of the NHL standings take them down in a game they had to have at the Scotiabank Saddle Dome. This Friday, we're talking about a Flames 6-3 loss to the visiting San Jose Sharks. It is Sportsnet today. It's Logan Gordon and Julian McKenzie along with you. Live in the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios. For Doug Lacey's Basement Systems, Crack Foundation, Boeing Foundation walls. They have a simple permanent solution to stabilize your foundation. Contact Basement Systems. They're all things basement. You visit dlbasementsystems.com. J-Mac, happy Friday, my man. Happy Friday to you as well, my man. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, We got a lot to talk about following a 6-3 loss to the San Jose Sharks as the Flames kicked off their four-game homestand with a loss. They've now lost two in a row coming off a four-game winning streak and now get set for the Detroit Red Wings coming to town Saturday afternoon. On the program today, Kelly Rudy, the color voice of the Calgary Flames on Sportsnet is going to join us. We'll talk some Dustin Wolf, get his thoughts on this Flames team overall and what he saw last night. From the broadcast booth. Also, one of our favorites is going to join us in hour two UFC 298 coming up this weekend. Peter Klein's going to join us, Primetime Klein, to give us a UFC 298 breakdown. And it's Friday, so we'll close things off like we always do with another edition of the Friday DMs where we'll open up the question bag with whatever you want to talk about on a Friday. Fan feedback line open to you at 960-960. We'd love to hear from you on this Friday. I'm sure you got a lot of thoughts after that Flames loss last night. Our outstanding producers for this Friday program, Shannon Cam, are along for the ride. And Julian, there's a reason why Thursday's show, when we got ready for this game, we just... Couldn't take that extra step of saying, yeah, it feels like the Flames are going to win this one. Uh, how many times have we said it?
0: This team cannot be trusted against these lower ranked opponents. Before you, before you go, go too in, far. Go in, go in, go in.
1: San Jose, Anaheim, mm. twice to Columbus. mm Chicago, mm, Ottawa.
0: Those a, are teams the Flames have lost to this year. That's a scary sight. That's scary. That's unacceptable. For a team that is trying to change the narrative about itself, and I don't know, just with, with the way that certain people look at this team, particularly in this market, with what they've experienced year over year over year, that's not good enough to change people's minds about them uh, If if this team truly wants to be a playoff team. And I, I mean, I don't know if we could play a clip from Ryan Huska and, and him saying that you know, there's no reason for his squad to take anyone ser- take anyone lightly in this league. To hear from the players that they're not sure why they approach these teams the way that they do. I, is it just me, or am I the only one who's kind of concerned about that? I understand that teams like a San Jose. They're they try to play as desperately as they can, knowing that they're not as good, but they want the points. And also, I mean, beyond whatever structure they might be coached on, they do play free. They do play with a little bit more liberty. And it seems like for the Flames, that just throws them off. And I I know I asked Nazem Kadri about that. You know, would you rather play with more structure or play more free against those type of teams? And he kind of leaned towards the structure answer. But there's something about the way this team approaches those games that is clearly not sufficient for winning. They started with the lead against the Sharks, and then that second period, mistake after mistake, and then the wheels fell off from there. And then Dustin Wolf, I mean, the first few goals, it's tough to really pin on him, but ultimately that reflects badly on him. And then the third, I mean, really young, guy playing with a seventh NHL game really hard to to fault him on on the loss but yeah there's definitely some ones that he probably wishes he, he could have had back like there's there weren't a lot of positives after that game again against the San Jose Sharks team in the basement of the Western Conference that's not good enough
1: I listed off some of the teams that the Flames have suffered losses to this year Julian Chicago, San Jose, Anaheim, Columbus, Ottawa. Those are the bottom five teams in the league right now. Mm-hmm. As of this Friday, those are the bottom five teams, and you've suffered one or more losses to all of those teams. What would this team be with 10 extra points?
0: 10 extra points. Let's do the math in my head. And move, carry the five there. A top three team in the Pacific. Yep. <laughs> this team has dropped too many points against teams that they really need to have gotten points against. It, like I, I don't know. Like I, I, I feel as if I, I know it's starting a little negative for the show today. Well, but but that is what it, it is.
1: Not, there's no part. Po- I'm not.
0: We're well, we not going to put a shine. We're on, not sugarcoating no. it for the people, man. This team's not good enough.
1: That's lipstick on a pig, and that's not. I don't think I don't think fans here would be uh, the people that listen to this show on a regular basis. People that are tuning in right now, if we were to give you the glass half full approach today, I, I don't think anyone would buy it. Because what was the positive last night? You were up one nothing. Okay, you were you were okay in the first period. That's probably the best compliment I could give this team. They were okay in the first period. That's about it.
0: <laughs> Even the first period. I mean, I don't know. Maybe this is maybe this is just my opinion. I thought at least for the first half of that first period, I thought the Sharks looked a little better. I mean, I'm not going to say they were overwhelming on the shot count, but to see the Sharks take control of the game and get those first few shots in, I was—that was my first alarm bell. And I thought, really, against this team, you're 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 starting at the back. And I don't want to hear anyone say that this is the first game back after a road trip and all that. You played Monday night. You traveled back after that. You had a day off Tuesday. You practiced Wednesday and then the game was Thursday. This is not a situation where you're back off a road trip on the Monday and then you're back playing the Tuesday. Or you have like one day or one fewer day off in between. And it's against the team. Not only is it against the Taylor State Sharks, a team that played the night before. Like, I I don't know, man. Like, that's not... I mean, everyone in that locker room will tell you that 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 game's not good enough. But for me, being in that room, watching that game, seeing what I've seen against these lower-ranked teams, I, I think it has to be a concern. Someone has to be ringing the alarm somewhere about how this team approaches these types of teams in their schedule it's costing them games it's 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 not good here's head coach ryan huska post game last night i brought
1: that up to him during his media availability that mckenzie weger had said to us in the locker room that maybe they were approaching these games against lower opponents thinking they would be easy to win here's what the head coach had to say uh when he heard that sort of thought process from his team You said this was a game that they thought was maybe going to be easy for them. How do you try to get that mentality out of your group instead of, you know, especially when we're talking about the lower down opponents? I don't know how we could think that any team would be easy, to be quite honest with. We're in a fight every day, and if you're not at your best, we talked about a lot before, you're not going to win. It doesn't matter who you're playing. Um, So it's, um, there needs to be part of the compete an emotional attachment to the game. So you have to have a little, snarl to you and really there was a few people that did for us tonight like Marty Pospisil um, was one of our players that I thought he he played the way we needed
0: to play but there there weren't a lot more I I couldn't
1: the first sentence
0: says it all thank you I could not agree with him more
1: how how could you possibly go into that game after all the games that we've had this season and think you're gonna roll that team You haven't done it to any
0: of the lower teams. You have experienced games against Columbus, against Ottawa, against Chicago. You know, you know, based off of, even if you want to forget last year, you know this season that your team has struggled against those quality of opponents. Why? Why that performance last night? Philip Zadina was on God mode. He had like, what, four points? The first four point game of his NHL career. Philip Zadina,
1: Luke, Luke Cunning almost had a hat trick. The
0: San Jose Sharks, who played I, the night
1: before in Winnipeg, by the way.
0: Like, I, I'm sorry, man, man. That's that's not, not a good enough performance. No. And anyway, we we, I, we can delve into other stuff from the game and other stuff about the, the the Flames entering their their game tomorrow against Detroit. But at least as a start, like that's not that's not good. And also for Dustin Wolf, tough for for him to to go through that start. Uh, in his seventh NHL game. This is just also another sign too, that this like for, for people who are wondering about Dustin Wolf and they want to see him play more. I, I don't blame you for feeling that way, but people also need to understand it's going to take time before he morphs into this true goaltender of the future for this franchise. And, and right now with the way that the goaltending looks for this team Jacob Barkstrom still there. Dan Vladar's still there. It is going to be difficult for him to get regular NHL reps, but as long as he's getting reps somewhere, whether at the HL level or the NHL level, that's going to have to do for now.
1: Yeah. Quick, quickly before I go to the Wolf thing with you, the, the one thing I didn't want to hear last night, and I'm glad we didn't because you've been in the locker room with me on those nights previously. Mm-hmm. The last word I wanted to hear out of this group was this unacceptable. So, you didn't want to hear that? No, because it's a lie. I mean, we've heard that before. But it's not unacceptable, though. Because if they say it's unacceptable, then they don't go out and put up a performance like that again. That's what I mean. If that's fair, because I don't don't want to hear that group come out again and say, that's an unacceptable loss and we have to be better. If it was unacceptable, then you wouldn't do it again and again and again and again. Because clearly it is acceptable. I mean, what do you... Because about? you guys put out the same thing against the same type of opponents game after game
0: after game. I don't know. I mean, I, I think I'm on an opposing view of this because I'd rather hear unacceptable as opposed to, I don't have the answer for you about why we start games this way. Yeah, but at least Mackenzie
1: Weger was honest. I am I'm, i don't that. mind
0: him being honest with that, but you can be honest and say it's unacceptable too. But it's
1: not it's unacceptable un- for You them, can say Julia. the
0: education's not there. I, I get that. But like, I don't know. Against these type of teams. Like, I, don't know. I, just, I think you need to like, come on. You got to look within your, if you want to be real honest. Look at how you approach those games. I'm not saying that anyone in particular, but if you're a player and you felt, and I mean, good on we, he did say this team did take them lightly, you know, like look at your own approach. Look at how you approach those types of games and wonder about your routine and improve it going forward. It has happened way too many times. In in this season, I can only go back to last season when it comes to looking at this team too. But it has happened way too many times where not only have the Flames let those types of teams hang around, but they doggone beat them. I, I just to me it's
1: too much of and maybe it's being here a little bit longer than you have. Sure. There are there are There's too much, and there has been at times too much of. Say the right thing in front of the microphones, but not do the right things on the ice. That's that's and that's what it is. And and I I'd rather hear I'd rather hear McKenzie. And if that's the reason, if that's actually what this team is 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 faulting from because of that, is because they're taking these opponents lately. Then at least I think they can start to work from that. I just. I just couldn't go through another night of hearing unacceptable because Man. to me that you you make it acceptable when you let this happen again and again. So we'll see. And until they until they prove that they do it on a regular basis, we're going to keep having these conversations. To Dustin Wolf, yes, where you went to. Yeah, look, I, I listened to the post game with Pat last night, and I was really taken back. And I know it's part of the business that we're in, and uh, a text line is very similar to, um, to Twitter, and you know we we feel we can say these things and sensationalize them. Mm-hmm. Did Dustin Wolf have a good game last night? No, 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 he didn't. Did his team help him in any way, shape, Absolutely or form last not. night? Not. No. Mackenzie Wieger and Noah Hannafin... No, so much better I don't care if Markstrom's in there, I don't care if Dominic, those plays are not acceptable like, and you left your young goalie out to dry in a position where you know he's putting the pressure on himself because he hasn't played in the NHL in two months and whether he he'll, he'll say that to us or not you know that it matters to him because he's only getting certain opportunities to shine in those situations so yeah Maybe it is just a game against San Jose, but it means something more to Dustin Wolf because if he only gets 10 opportunities when the year is done, well, each one of those has a little bit more meaning for him. I just couldn't believe it. I've seen it. It's on the text line. and We'll get to it in a couple moments here. That seven games in, some people are putting the nail in the coffin.
0: That's not fair. Of Dustin Wolf's career. That is not fair for this kid. What NHL, first of all, goalie or not,
1: do you put out to pasture after seven games? None. The answer is zero. You don't don't give that to anybody. Was it bad? Yeah, it was bad. He said it himself. It wasn't up to his standard. The third period, I think, most glaringly. But two of your top defensemen give up egregious pucks right in your own zone and leave you out to dry. And all of a sudden, like you said, it kind of feels like it snowballs on you. And all of a sudden you're down 3-1 and you're like, holy, this this turned in a hurry. Mm-hmm. Right? And as a 22-year-old, he hasn't played in the NHL in two months. San Jose or not, it's a different level.
0: Yep. Uh, just seven games is not enough for any NHLer to dictate what their future is. It's also very difficult when the time in between starts is as distance as it is for Dustin Wolf. I think by virtue of Jacob Barkstrom's health or, or fatigue level or, and Dan Vladar in this latest instance, I, I, I commend the team for at least trying to get Dustin Wolf up to be around the team, know what it's like to live the NHL life. And when they can give him a rep, you give him that rep. But ultimately, if it's not happening at a consistent level, it is going to be difficult for a player of his caliber. At the same time, they do they sent him down back to the Wranglers today, and he'll presumably get more time at the HL level. At least he gets that time. But for for people wondering about what his future is gonna be at the NHL level, like these seven games, I don't think they tell us much of anything. There's more time needed, more reps needed. And unfortunately for Dustin Wolf, there is no real vacancy among those top two goalie spots in this franchise for him to get that time. Even if he was a regular NHL backup, he would get more time. He would get more reps. At least you see him like once a week or once every few days. But what his last game is, as you mentioned, the last game was in two months was was two months ago. I mean, (laughs) that's difficult for a player uh, of Dustin Wolf's caliber. And I mean, I don't know how you felt about seeing him in that press conference yesterday. He visibly looked troubled and, and upset by that performance. He was wearing it. His his, sure. his eyes were watery. His voice was squeaking a little bit. Like this is a guy who wore that loss and, and took it all, took a lot of it on himself. And I mean, we've spoken to Dustin after, Games before, after after I mean, he has the one win, but at what we've spoken to him after losses and at losses, he'll, he'll say, you know what, you, you can take a learning experience from that. But after this one, I, I while he's likely going to do the same thing in that regard, I think he took that a little harder because of the goals allowed, because of how frustrating the game was, the added meaning playing against San Jose. That was tough to watch. That was tough being in the room for. I, I, we have our jobs to do. We had to ask him questions. But I, I felt I felt a little bit bad for him in the moment. But at the same time, that's what he has to go through. And that's all part of his development as a young goaltender in the NHL. He's going to have to face the media after games like that. He's going to have to go through games like yep. yesterday where it's not going to go his way. He's going to allow six goals. This guy's 22 years old, soon to be 23. There is a lot more racetrack to be run in this person's career and I don't think it's fair at all to look at him after seven games and say that he's washed or he's done or like he's disappointed as a product. Like I I don't know. I think more time I think more time is necessary. And fans in this market should know better about wiping a guy off after seven games. I know this guy's a different position, but considering how they felt about some other prospects in their system who were let go a little too early, I think they should know better.
1: Uh, he's Julian McKenzie, Logan Gordon, along with you. It's a Friday edition of Sportsnet Today. Next up for the Calgary Flames, a 2 p.m. start on uh, Saturday as they welcome in the Detroit Red Wings. Let's get to the text line at 960. 960. fan feedback line. It's a busy one on this Friday after a Flames 6-3 loss to the San Jose Sharks. Uh, let's start with this one. Uh, the Flames could win 20 games straight. I'd still be calling for them to blow it up. This team are frauds and not true contenders. Uh, Shub says, Afternoon, fellas. Not the best performance from Wolf, but also not the best performance from the team in general. I'm still leaning a bit towards trading Markey, seeing he is likely won't uh, win anything here for the rest of his contract. As well, I'd also like to add, it's just odd how this Flames team plays good against contenders, but sucks against the bottom feeders. That's uh, a very strange juxtaposition with this team right now, and I have no idea how to explain it. And I don't think they do either. Uh, Kelly and Copperfield says, so what the hell is actually going on? Is this Marky deal? Maybe kind of, sort of definitely totally off, but wait, is it back on again? Cause Marky is giving pucks to fans up. warmup. Uh, it's a mess deal with it now.
0: Okay. Can we, can we talk about that? The, the pucks thing? Sure. I mean, it's not something that I'm used to seeing. I tried to ask around and, and I've gotten varying answers. I mean, until this deal is done, we gotta. I think the people we just need to calm down. Just you know, be a little vigilant on the socials. Wait for the 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 right insiders to say what's what. Um, it was interesting to me that that happened, but I don't know if it's fair to go that far and say, okay, this is the end for Jacob Markstrom. I mean, how many times have we seen him back up at home? not very often not that often right so of course I mean I think about it now a little bit more that you know it, it would make sense that it's not something that I normally see and I get that and there's is a it,
1: is it family is it you know I mean is he it went somebody's to, kids
0: you I mean know? I, I think just, there, you know you know it I mean. was more it was I think it was more than family with the way they was doing it but also like it was nice for him to do that just as a hockey player you made fans days um but yeah I don't, it's just it's just a sign that that with all this trade stuff and the noise, like it's starting to get to a point where, like, if you see anything that seems off, it's everyone—whether it's a fan or media—it's like everyone's on ten with with trying to figure out like what's what's going on.
1: Uh, more on the text line here. This says the positive is that if Markstrom was in, they would have won. Wolf looked absolutely terrible, so unless the Flames scored seven, they were never winning that game. Uh, this text says, unfortunately, Wolf won't ever be a number one NHL goaltender. Again, I have no idea. That is how, insane
0: how how considering how Flames fans felt about Dustin Wolf entering this season. There are people clamoring for this man to start games. And when this guy was not named as you know either a backup or, or one of the two goalies to start the year, there are people in this organization, not in the organization, there are, people, there are fans who were like, well, what is this? Why is it Dustin Wolf playing? Why can't we get rid of these goalies so we can play? You're going to turn on this guy already? I don't know. I think you need to give your head a shake for that.
1: Uh, Tony says, if we trade Markstrom, Tanev, and Hannafin, it's a rebuild. That's uh, which I'm fine with. This organization doesn't want to rebuild. So if they want to retool, they'll need to keep Markstrom and Hannafin if possible. I'm not sure on Wolf either. I think he is too small. Hasn't impressed in any of his games in the NHL so far. Uh, Heather says, you nailed it, Logo. If it's unacceptable, it wouldn't happen as often as it does. I've had enough lift service. I want the real comments, not the PR. Sure. Scripted comments. Sure. Uh, Brennan in the Northwest says, coming from being a Leaf fan, look at Justin Pogie. He was booed off the ice
0: at home after five games of his career, never to be
1: called up again.
0: By the way, I, I just looked it up for myself. Justin Pogie played seven NHL games total. Uh,
1: this one says, it's over for Wolf Boy. He's just too small. You heard it here first. Uh, first of all, you wouldn't be first. Uh, it would go back to his WHL days when uh, teams then and people
0: observers said he was too small. Then Ryan Huske even said himself yesterday, this guy was told he was too small to play in the W made it work. He was told he was too small to play in the American Hockey League made it work. It wasn't even it's not even work in the AHL. He's an MVP.
1: In the AHL and a two time goalie of the year. I, I it's think not like he skated by in the A.
0: He's he's he played like the best player in the league. Yeah. So I think it's short sighted to write him off after this many games, considering the pedigree that he has. If we're talking fifty, hundred, hundred and fifty games, sure. Fine. That's a much bigger sample size to go off of with his NHL career. You can call anybody after seven games. But seven games, especially with spaced with, out. Not on the same team, team up and perf- down. The team performing the way that they did in front of him. You mentioned the two, the two good defensemen uh, making the, the, mis- the mistakes in their own end. Don't forget Chris Tanev, another one of those great defensemen, putting the puck into his own net. Yep. Uh, a couple more before we get out of this segment.
1: Uh, Curtis and Copperfield, that team left their young goalie out to dry. It's embarrassing. Not fair for anyone, especially the top prospect. Let's see how the kid bounces back. My guess is his next start. He will be
0: light out. Okay, wait. I I love this one text. Trade yeah. all the fans piling on Wolf for a Claire CD from Wedley. Are you up on Shockleyer? Claire Shockleyer um, is before my time, but like the, li- I a, still appreciate I, that. I understand that's the pretty reference. Pretty. It's, uh, it's a
1: little too. It's a little too shoot. A little uh, before my time. Yeah, too, it's before our the, time. We're
0: around the same age. Like that's a little before our time. And Wedley like, will
1: appreciate funny. that. I I understand that there's an age difference between us. That's and, funny. Uh but Wedley's always good for a laugh. I don't know. Let's a couple quick ones here. Uh, Hey, logo, I completely understand your guys point. I really like the kid, met him. He's awesome. But in the end, I think his size is going to be his undoing. The quality of shooters in the NHL and AHL is astronomical. It's why you don't see many goalies, his size in no way would I trade Markstrom if the flames want to compete in the next couple years, man. Uh, Grant says, whoever uh, says Wolf is washed after seven games is a flipping idiot. Didn't know a thing about this game. Uh, Steven says, remember Marty St. Louis wasn't good enough.
0: Give Dustin time. Uh, I, would, I would feel more comfortable writing off anyone with more regular time and more reps. And I think at this point right now, to make a judgment on Dustin Wolf as an NHLer, I would think your assessment is incomplete. I you know. know I feel like we're reiterating this, but I no, think that needs fair. to be that needs to be said.
1: You know who would have a really great opinion on that?
0: You know what? I I, I think I know where you're going with this. The
1: former NHLer, yeah, guy who watched Dustin Wolf on a pretty regular basis. Pretty good idea. Yeah, I think we can ask our next guest, Kelly Rudy, uh, his thoughts on Dustin Wolf. Get some good perspective on it. Uh, he's going to join me and Julian next. It's a Friday edition of Sportsnet today. Appreciate you being along for the ride, Peter Klein. Still to come, Friday DMs. We got a busy show for you. The great Kelly Rudy joins us next here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Hour one rolls on on Sportsnet today. It's Logan Gordon and Julian McKenzie along with you. Friday edition of the show. Next up for the Calgary Flames. A couple of afternoon games, including the Detroit Red Wings coming to town. Saturday afternoon, 2 o'clock puck drop. Means 1 o'clock. Pat Steinberg's got your Flames warm up. Derek and Megan Will. uh, Megan Will. Derek Wills and Megan Mickelson have the call for Flames Hockey here on Sportsnet 960 just after 2 o'clock. It's game two of a four-game homestand for the Calgary Flames. Very excited to welcome in our next guest. He was in the booth with Rick Ball Thursday night, checking in on the Flames and the Sharks, now on his way to Toronto, I believe, to get ready for another weekend of hockey night in Canada. Former NHL great And almost uh, as good a person and broadcaster as you get, Kelly Rudy joins us this afternoon. Kelly, thanks for the time, man. How are you?
2: I'm well, uh, Logan and Julian. So you're right. I am at the airport. My flight was delayed, so I was able to join you guys. But... You don't have to feel badly for me. I have a a beautiful-looking bowl of chicken noodle soup in front of me and a a hamburger slider that I'm going to dig into after we're done. (laughs) So it's not a bad afternoon at the airport. What a good life you live, Kelly Rudy. (laughs) All these luxuries you have. (laughs) But I'm also on a plane like four times or six times a week, so there's that. That's true, yeah.
1: Uh, Kel, you we were in the building last night, uh, tough one for the flames. They've had trouble with those lesser opponents, those ones further down the standings all year long. And, uh, you know, me and Julian were in there last night with, with Huska and the crew and they just can't seem to put their finger on, on what causes these sort of efforts. What are you seeing, uh, in these games for Calgary against uh, the San Jose's and the Chicago's of the world?
2: Well, in some cases, it's just a mindset that you, uh, you look beyond them. Uh, It's interesting because I had the same conversation with my Saturday night producer uh, today about tomorrow night's show, and the Toronto Maple Leafs, surprisingly, are in the same situation. Whenever they play an opponent much inferior to them, they they don't play very well. Uh, And for the Flames, last night was an interesting game because uh, I don't know if you're listening to our call or if you're listening to uh, Derek and, and Megan, but... We thought, at least Rick and I, that the Flames played extremely well for the first 20 minutes. Like They had their legs. We were thinking, boy, for a game, which historically has been tough for everybody after you come back from a long road trip, usually that first game can be a bit of a sinker. And they thought, I thought they played extremely well in the first. If not for Blackwood, I thought the Flames could have had a three-goal lead perhaps, maybe even more and then uh, they lost their legs, no question about it, and then turnovers, and that's what happens when you're not skating, right? Your, your mind is, when your body's tired, your mind is usually even more tired, and so you start making some simple mistakes, and that's from good players, and that's what happened last night.
0: From your playing days, uh, when you're on a team and they seem to have trouble against uh, lesser-known opponents, like, what mm-hmm. is it? Is it, a, is it a mindset thing? Is it a mentality thing? Like, how do you go about getting out of that that cycle of, of not performing well against teams that you really should be beating?
2: Well, first of all, you address it in, in the dressing room uh, a couple of times, usually in the morning, and uh, usually when you're getting dressed as the, the group. Typically, a coach doesn't have to come in and remind you because you're fully aware of who you're playing and, and how you've done against those teams. Now, I'll say this, Julian, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, back in my day when I first started um, – When I played for the Islanders, we're a really good team. And when we played uh, inferior opponents, we usually just clobbered them anyways because we were good, even if we didn't play well. Whereas in today's National Hockey League, uh, the margin of error is very, very slim. So I don't care if you're playing the best team in the league or the worst team in the league. If you don't play really, really well, you're going to lose. And so that is more difficult. It's a more difficult league to win in. Um, So you can address it all you want. But once you start the game... Uh, you have to be emotionally engaged. And I would have to say with the Flames, as the game went on last night, they became less engaged in what was happening. And, you know, maybe near the end of the game, there's a little bit of anger that came out in frustration. That's okay. But I thought at points in the second period, there's not a lot of pushback, not a lot of emotional investment from the Flames. And you're going to have games like that. Like, it's a very taxing league right now, and you, as Rasmus Anderson, you guys were in the locker room yesterday morning, Rasmus Anderson said, you're not going to have your best every time, but you have a bunch of non-negotiables that you have to do, and everybody's included, and once once you get away with it, you're going to lose, and that's what happened yesterday.
0: Kelly, what did you think of Dustin Wolf yesterday?
2: Um, he was very, very average uh, at best. I would say that in his uh, very short career right now, and I'm a big fan, but I thought that was his worst uh, performance in the National Hockey League. And that's going to happen. So that's behind him now. The good news is he's going to have another opportunity at some point. I don't know when that will happen, but at some point he's going to get an opportunity. Now that's going to be a huge game in the progress of his career. What will that look like? How will he play? What kind of message will he send to management about a bad loss and uh You know, taking a step backwards um, because you only get so many chances. I don't know what that means. I don't know if that means Wolf's going to have five more chances in his uh, career. I don't know if that means he's going to have 20 more chances. But you only get so many, and when you have a game like last night and you're not very good, everybody's aware of that. And so you have to change that narrative that you can play at this level and that, yeah, you're gonna have the occasional bad one, but when you're trying to make an impact and make a statement, those can't be very often.
1: Kelly, I don't want to sound like I'm making an excuse for the young man, but you know, the reality was he hadn't played in an NHL game in almost two months. He's gone back and forth between the American League and the NHL. Mm-hmm. As a former yeah. goalie, can you speak to what that, how difficult that would be from that position to try to find? that sort of consistency. And for a guy like Dustin, who's still trying to adapt to the NHL level and adapt to the shooters, how that must be for him making that transition.
2: Yeah, it's difficult for everybody, but every single goalie that's played the game, the position before Dustin Wolf came along has been in the same situation, every single guy. And there are no excuses. So it doesn't matter how difficult the situation you're in. It doesn't matter that you haven't played uh, a lot at this level, you you know, maybe a little bit of air travel when you have to back up, when Blidar got hurt, all these situations, at the end of the day, nobody cares. And nobody's looking to make a little excuse for the guy. Once, you're, once your number is called, you have to perform at the best of your ability to stick around. It's it's hard to make the National Hockey League, I can tell you from experience, it's way harder to stay. And, and that's not even close. So all of my journeys, when uh, I was trying to, desperately make the national hockey league and I spent two full seasons in the minors. When I had my opportunity, I didn't realize how hard it was to get my foot in the door and then to make an impact where I was going to be a a long time NHL. -er. I had no idea how hard that was going to be. And I, nor did I understand how many challenges I would have along the way in terms of people trying to take my job. Once I finally became an established NHL goalie, I had no idea how many times I would have to, uh, you know, whatever word you want to use, repel the attack from inside the organization. It's it's unbelievably hard. And he's trying to do that. He's trying to take somebody's job and you can't do that. If you have a mediocre start.
0: I'm glad you, you mentioned the, the difficulties that you had to encounter in your career, because I understand that with Dustin Wolf, there is the size thing with him that people mm-hmm. attach as a question But whether he's 6 feet or 6 foot 5, when you're a goaltender entering entering the National Hockey League, there is a learning curve. There is an adjustment period that you have to go through until you reach a point where you can be relied upon as an everyday NHLer, whether as a backup or as a starting goaltender. And I was wondering if you could add more detail to how difficult it is to be a young goaltender, finding your footing, regardless of what size thing or any other uh, issues or any other doubts that people might have about you. I was wondering if you could just speak to that.
2: Yep, for sure. You're always surprised by how good everybody is at that level. And I don't care if you've been in the league for uh, 10 games or at some point, maybe your 10th year, somebody surprises you with something you've never seen before. And it, it, uh, it, it sort of, it's alarming to a certain degree because you're like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe they can do this now. Like I remember in my 10th year, I I was not playing. I was sitting on the bench. The other guy's playing. And uh, Tamu Solani, that was his rookie year. I think he scored 76 that year. He scored a goal on my partner in the second period that I had never seen in my life. And I'm thinking, okay, there's another step along the way. I've got to remember that because I'll be playing at some point against Solani. And he has that in his bag of tricks, and I didn't expect it. A, A story my first year you guys remember James Patrick, long time NHL defenseman, right? Yep. Well, his brother, his brother was a guy by the name of Steve Patrick, and he had a short career, not a, not a long one, but he was a good player by his own right. And we played a game against Philadelphia and he scored this kind of wraparound goal on me that I had never experienced before, never in junior, never in the minors. And that was a real eye opener again, that, okay, this is a different level. I'll see things that I'm not accustomed to. And it's up to me to adjust and, that's what the situation Dustin Wolf is in. he's got to find a way to adjust to these different situations and and he will he's a you know he's a competitive guy, he's a smart guy, he understands the game from what I understand he's a student of the game, so he'll adjust, but there's a learning curve
1: uh Kelly, just for this this team as a whole um you know the back and forth nature that we've seen from them four game winning streak. Four-game losing streak, Mm four-game winning streak. They've lost two in a row. Now here they're back at home. How important is it for this team, does fancy themselves, a team that's going to remain in this playoff race, to find some sort of consistency in their game?
2: Yeah, that's that's a goal of every athlete. It doesn't matter if you're the Flames or what sport you're playing. Consistency is the number one thing. I'll tell you a little story. So my first year in the minors, Fred Creighton was our coach. So Fred was a long-time National Hockey League coach, a lovely man. But I was just starting to get to know him uh, early in my career. So we're, I was lucky. I played in the Central Hockey League, not the American. And the Central League at that time was a rival to the American League. And so we we had the luxury of flying everywhere, unlike the American League where they're busing everywhere. And so we get on a plane. This is back in the early 80s. So oftentimes you had your own row. That's when flights weren't all that busy. So I'm sitting in my... I have two empty seats beside me and I see Fred get up shortly after we take off and he's walking down the aisle towards me because I can see we've made eye contact. I'm, oh, how nice. Fred is going to come over and chat to me and get to know me and stuff. And, he sits down and he doesn't say anything other than, have you always been this inconsistent? So that was the message oh. sent to me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and I knew right away, number one goal, Kelly, you you can't make 43 saves one night and then uh, let in uh, five out of 18 the next night. So that was the number one uh, lesson for me. And so that's the same message in you know, 2024 for this current Flames team and every athlete that you have to make sure that your coach understands what he's going to get every night. You know, it's great to be the first star one night and everybody's talking about you, but you then you have two average starts. That's not how it's, that's not how it works. And that's not how you have longevity in the league. So for every player um, uh, on the Flames and every athlete on the planet, that's what they're trying to strive for.
0: When you heard that comment about being consistent or inconsistent, what was the
2: first thing that went through your mind? I was shocked because I thought I had consistency in my game, right? uh, Here here I was, a second-round draft choice. I'm playing in the minors. I think life is pretty darn good. And then he hits that one. (laughs) I'm like, okay. That is, uh, like I said, message sent and received.
0: Uh, Kelly, you played in a pre-social media era. And I bring that up because with all the noise we keep using the term noise specifically with this team, but we're talking trades yeah. here. We're talking about the guys who have been moved off already, the guys who could be moved off ahead of the trade deadline. That has been a big talking point. I'm curious when you were playing, obviously in an era where you didn't have to worry about opening up your phone and yep. seeing people come yep. up with trade rumors. How did yep. you come across them or how big of a deal were trade rumors back in your time? And how did you deal with them?
2: Well, there were, you know, In my time, this is how uh, slow you would get the news. So most of us, we all had a subscription to the hockey news, right? Yeah. So it would come to your house, and you'd read it, and you'd hear the rumors. But those rumors were a week old, right? So you're only getting that uh, magazine every week. And so every uh, story or rumor was old by the time you read it. And so... Like in my case, I was napping for an afternoon uh, or having my afternoon nap for a game that night at home versus Detroit. And my lawyer called and uh, talked to Donna. And he said, uh, uh, out of the blue, he was talking to John Davidson. John Davidson was a broadcaster for the Rangers at the time. And he goes, uh, You're getting traded today. And uh, there were no rumors, there's nothing. We had heard nothing. And, uh, Donna came and woke me up and I said what like I'd never heard anything and uh, I went to the rink that night and nobody said anything I played my last game for the Islanders I had perhaps well not perhaps I had by far my worst game ever is a uh, uh, New York Islander we lost to Detroit uh, and then uh, I was told we were flying to Buffalo after I was told I'm not going they're going to arrest me so that solidified uh, the news and so I woke up at around seven in the morning got a call from the general manager's uh, assistant saying come meet Mr. Torrey and he wants to talk to you so I knew I was trading and that afternoon I was on flight to Los Angeles and I changed uh, at the time I didn't know a bit for the for the better but it's shocking and so when uh, these players go through it I'm getting off on a tangent here but no, I'm going to be working trade trade deadline on march 8th and it's uh i hate that that's my worst broadcasting day of every year i hate it i can't stand it i hate how people think it's uh you know a celebration of the sport and and so on and it, it can change lives in a hurry and it does and uh, it's very disruptive to the families and it's a rotten day on my schedule
1: and just to off of julian's point there how happy are you Seeing what social media is today, that you didn't have it when you were a player, Kelly. Like I can't even totally. imagine what the stress level would be like for guys.
2: Totally, Logan. Now here's the other thing to that. Here's one of the problems that I encounter. So I think you guys know I'm a fairly positive broadcaster. On yes. occasion, yep. I go after guys, or or there's you know I have to be critical just because something happened on the ice, and that's the nature of the job. But so. Here's one of my problems that I encounter. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, to answer your question, Logan, I'm super glad I never had that. Uh, that would have been uh, horrible. What people say on social media is just awful. Yeah. Um, and I think of social media, I think there's 5% good and 95% bad. That's what I really believe in it. But anyways, um, so, so players will say, they'll tell you they don't watch or listen or read the stuff on social media, which may be true. Um, but the problem is, then their family or friends will hear what a broadcaster, and this has happened to me. So this is firsthand. I'm not making this up. So they'll, a the family member or friend will then tell the player what I said. But it, it's not an exact interpretation. In some cases, it's not even close. Yeah. So they'll say, "Oh man, did he ever rip you?" And I'll, I'll, I'll sometimes go to the player and go, oh, "What do you mean? Like, yeah. you tell me what you heard, and you, I can tell you." at what minute in the game film you can go watch it and then you can have your own interpretation of what I said because and but if I did rip a guy then then I have no problem I have zero problem Mm -hmm. but when family members or friends change your interpretation or what I said then that that kind of bugs me because then that's not social media that's that's they're trying to change the narrative which is unfair
1: uh quickly before we let you go you've been so nice with your time as you always are for us kel but coming up uh in a couple of weeks time here in calgary they're going to honor and retire the number uh, of mika kiprasov here on march 2nd when the penguins are in town just quickly in case we don't talk to you before then uh, what comes to mind when you think of mika kiprasov and his time
2: in calgary how competitive he was i just loved watching him and uh uh yeah he is uh he was one of my favorite goaltenders of all time to watch i loved his style i I loved his competitive nature his athleticism uh i think that uh he in my opinion i know calgarians know of him and love him i don't think the rest of the hockey world understands how good he was
1: could you imagine playing uh, the many years as he did with 70 plus starts
2: is it, yeah, no. Uh, I think one year I had, the most I had uh, one year, I think I had 66 or 68. The year I got traded from New York to L.A. was the most. And then I played a few other years with 60. But that's a lot of hockey. And But it also, I hate to say it, but it also suggests that they didn't trust the other guys. And that's not a good thing.
1: Yeah. No, you're not wrong about that. Uh, right? You know, right? You're 100% right. He didn't have, not that he had it any other way, but you're right. The years behind him weren't always... Uh, the most uh, (laughs) deep team in the world. Uh, Kelly, you got lunch in front of you. You got a flight to catch. We really appreciate the time. Thanks for hopping on with us, sir. uh, Safe travels. We'll check in with you soon. Hey,
2: thanks Logan and Julian. Have a great afternoon.
1: Yeah. You too. Kelly Rudy color voice of the Calgary flames on Sportsnet. One of the great human beings. One of the
0: nicest people on the flames beat. As far as I'm concerned, like we'll sometimes, every time I see Kelly Rudy walk into the media lounge, it's like, Oh wow. He's here. Like he's, Kelly is, I think he's one of the nicest people uh, to see every day. And I'm
1: we'll not... lie about that, by the way. We'll we'll tell you on the air sometimes. Yeah, everybody's a great guy. Yeah, this guy's he's, pretty good. He's pretty nice. Kelly's legitimately, yeah, one of the <laughs> nicest dudes I've ever met in Who my life. You,
0: which which of the guys would you lie about? Pat. <laughs> yeah, that Pat Steinberg <laughs> guy. George, maybe. Yeah, George. Yeah, no. Don't give you a story about George Rossick. I'm going to be sorry <laughs> about George Rosberg. Uh No, uh, Pat Steinberg, for sure. Yeah. Pat Steinberg's a guy who likes to act like he's nice, but he's not that nice. <laughs> I uh, get it, though, man. Like, yeah. you, you look, Pat Steinberg, you know, you got to deal with all those angry phone calls oh. at night. All these people writing off goalie prospects. And We're and, and to say, his line tweets every and, day. And, and going at him. Yesterday, after the game, after the game yesterday, what I like to do is, you know, I, I say goodbye to everybody and, I I I I tap I tap into to Steinberg's show. I like listen to it on the way home, and sometimes yeah. if I'm able to see him before he uh, before he leaves, I I try to I try to you know just give him a little props, give him a little goodbye. I saw him uh, go go at it with a caller yesterday. Dude was getting heated. At one point, like he got so mad he was banging his fist on the table. I was like, wow, it was I mean, like a whole performance. I was
1: captivated. Him and Dale were going at it last night.
0: Dale, man, uh. what's your deal, Dale? <laughs> what's your deal, man? Like. Let Steinberg talk. Uh, Anyway, I've said enough. uh,
1: Kelly joined us down the Atlas Beats and Sports Bar guest hotline. uh, Former NHL great hockey night in Canada. Uh, You'll catch him this weekend working all the games. And, of course, the color voice alongside Rick Ball, two of the greats in the biz here on Sportsnet and Sportsnet 960. We're going to take a break. Kicking off hour two next with another great human being. It's a great human being Friday. Only Shan wasn't here. That'd be really great. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Oh, <laughs> damn. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, it's
2: great. Shan's great. Hour uh, two <laughs> <laughs> next year. Sports step <pasta, laughs> at six. Two, <laughs>